A huge week um, in cricket and it's been a huge build-up to this Ashes series. Hopefully we've done it a bit of justice with all the people that we've had on. But right now we've got a very special guest uh, from the Herald Sun. He's a superstar writer, looking forward to his columns and everything else that goes with it, including the Big Bash. He's all over that. I cannot believe this guy isn't on a bigger station than ours, but he's lucky enough to join us. G'day, Sam Landsberger. G'day, boys. Thank you for uh-huh. the very kind introduction. Pleasure to, uh, to be chatting some cricket with you. Well, thank you for joining us. But first of all, let's just chat a bit of footy. I know you're a Bulldog supporter. I'm Melbourne. Just I want to commiserate uh, on, you know, the grand final, mate. Um, it, it's been good fun to, uh, to enjoy this. Uh, it was a hell of a ride um, putting my supporter hat on. I probably thought it was all over in round 23 when they dropped that game to Port Adelaide and then I think Lincoln McCarthy dropped them out of the top four the next day at the Gabba. Um, but to, uh, to fight on from fifth to a grand final was a, a lot of fun for a few weeks. But, uh, but they ran into a, a pretty dominant outfit in the grand final. It was a cracking game of footy. Probably watched it about five or six times. In the week afterwards, um, it was, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a belter, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to get there. Yeah, all right, okay. There's a bit of response I thought I'd get, but um, <laughs> that's fine. And we we told him not to bring it up. So, so. Well, you, if you want to bring it up, you can at least reference, you know, the bomb putting them up 19 points up in the third quarter. There was a few fist pumps going around there. That was, <laughs> I'm happy to talk about that all night, yeah, but, no, um, but maybe we'll park what happened in the next 40 minutes. <laughs> sure. Uh, Sam was here. We got uh, we'll go on. We're going to talk a bit of cricket with Ashes coming up. Firstly, first test up in Brisbane. I'm worried about the weather and the pitch. What are, what are we looking at? Yeah, uh, look. Obviously, I'm in Melbourne, so I don't have a um, much of a, a grasp on it. But I think they're copping what we've got at the moment. Thunderstorms around the clock. I think they had about 50 mils of rain Tuesday and today, so it's basically waterlogged. Um, both England and Australia have had their inter-squad games washed out. Um, it's just basically going to be a, a lot of indoor training. Not ideal preparation for either team. Let's just hope that the sun's out next Wednesday morning. But it's uh, it's not looking too good at the moment. Um, fingers crossed that Queensland can pull its finger out because we don't really associate. Um, you know, I can't remember the last time we've sort of had much of a you know much rain effect Gabba Test matches. So hopefully, it, um, yeah, the clouds disappear next week. And what are your expectations for the uh, Ashes series? Uh, it's, look, I think, look, if we're being honest, it's a it's a pretty weak England side on paper. Um, I think if you take Joe Root out, it's, you know, there's not a whole lot of depth to the batting. Um, they've gone through, I think, 21 opening batsmen since Andrew Strauss retired in, what, 2012. So they, it's just been a, a rotating door of batsmen at the top. I mean, we saw in the last Ashes series they gave Jason Roy a a crack after running the World Cup and he just probably, you know, wasn't up to it at, at test standard against the Red Bull. So really interesting to see which way they go. Um, I, I, you know, I think, you know, Zach Crawley, Rory Burns. Rory Burns probably is the one that's got a little bit of form behind him. Um, and then you've got, with, you know, they've got the, the, the tried and true Warriors with the ball and Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson. Mark Wood as well. Uh, he's got a bit of X factor, but again, you know, five test matches pretty close together and he's pretty fragile, fragile at the best of times so I'll be surprised if he can get through the whole series um, and so you, you, you certainly look at it on paper and you think Australia should be far too strong but we probably thought that last summer against India and it didn't play out that way India had so many players missing but um, they just showed so much heart against the Aussies so watch it play out but yeah right now looking on you, you, it looks like Australia should be far too good and the two players you'd like to see sort of come in the keeper and 
Perhaps the opener, who would you like to see? Oh, I think you can just about lock in both. I think Marcus Harris will be walking to the crease with David Warner. Um, I know that the, the selectors are pretty keen to give him a, a really good runner there. They see him as a long-term opener. There's obviously a lot of question marks over Wolf Bukowski, who's still battling a little bit after that 10th concussion. Um, so I think it'll be certainly Harris, and I think, you know, I'll be surprised if he doesn't play every test, to be honest. And I think Alex Carey's got the nod. I think he'll certainly be behind the stumps. Um, it was a head-over-heart choice. I mean, Josh Inglis was the buzz kid. He's the new kid on the block. He's got such an exciting future ahead of him, but Carey's just been that, that loyal servant as an understudy for so long. I think they just sort of felt compelled to, to give him his chance, and it's an amazing story, Alex Carey. 30 years old, um, first keeper. He'll be, I think he'll become the first keeper to make his debut on home soil since Adam Gilchrist back in 1999. So, um, yeah, and I think he'll be widely celebrated. One of the, one of the more popular figures in cricket, Alex Carrero. You don't think you'll find a person to, to say a bad word about him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Harris at the top and, and Carrero with the gloves, I think that's the way they'll go. Yeah, Sam, it's uh, Alex here. You put out an article about Alex Carey yesterday and it was a fantastic read with some quotes from Kevin Sheedy in there as well. Um, he's, I'm sure a lot of people probably wouldn't know that he was right on the cusp of playing for the Giants as well. So he's had a pretty uh, wild career so far. It was amazing. I mean, Neville Stewart, who was the old recruiter of the Giants, he, he convinced Alex to, to give footy a go. I think he flew over to, to Adelaide a couple of times to see him when Alex was um, batting for Glendale Cricket Club. And, um, you know, they, they traded emails back and forth. Um, they, you know, they convinced Carey to sign on. He actually captained the Giants in 2011 in the, in the TAC Cup. Um, but, look, at the end of that year, they'd signed Callum Ward. They'd signed Tom Scully. Um, they had, you know, the likes of Toby Green and Stephen Keneally on board. They got Zach Williams in the rookie drafts. So they just had so much talent um, that they couldn't quite squeeze him onto their inaugural list. And um, Sheets was pretty blunt with Alex, but I think he had his best interest at heart. He said, mate, if you want a sporting career, go play cricket. And it was pretty good advice because mm. 10 years later, he's on the cusp of a baggy green. But, yeah, he was, um, yeah, from the people I spoke to yesterday, he was sort of an inside midfielder not too quick and not too agile. The agility one was interesting because he certainly looks pretty nimble behind the stumps, but, you know, weaving out of stoppages um, with a sharing in hand, maybe just, uh, maybe just a yard too slow, but uh, I, think he, uh, I think he made the right call. In terms of the squads heading to the Ashes, uh, is there anyone on either side you reckon sort of flying under the radar that we should be paying a bit more t- attention to? I know there's a few English boys in there that are a bit younger and maybe haven't gotten as much attention yet. So anyone you, you, you see in that regard? Oh, I think Ollie Robinson's a really good one from an English point of view. He's sort of that, um, you know, he's that, that big bouncy bowler. I think he's probably going to take over from Stuart Broad. You know, is a really similar type in that team. Oh, I spoke to, to Damien Fleming last week and he was a big rat for Ollie. Um, I, I think he's one who's, who's got a really bright future. He, I think he's played five tests so far. Um, you know, uh, 16 wickets at 18 or something like that. I, don't call me on that, but his numbers so far are, are really good. So He's someone we haven't seen before, but I think he might burst onto the scene here. Conditions, you know, they, they should play into his hands a little bit. He's just a couple of weeks slower, though, than Josh Hazelwood. So you just wonder whether he's got the raw pace to, to find those outside edges, but he's, he certainly looked uh, really good in the English summer, and um, I think, you know, from the Aussie camp, I mean, Jai Richardson is just in sizzling form. I think he had a, a spell of bowling against Marnus Labuschagne 
and Joe Burns in Sheffield Shield recently, and you know everyone that was watching him that day just thought he um, he looked the part. Um, you know he's had so many injury troubles over the past two or three years with that shoulder, but he's finally got his body right, and I mean he's really jostling for that last place in the attack alongside Mitchell Stark. Oh, I don't think they've decided which way to to go yet for the first test, but I think if it's Jai, um, he's going to do some damage. He's played those two tests again for Sri Lanka a few years ago, looked really good, and then went down with a shoulder. But if, if Jai gets the nod, um, yeah, I, I think he's going to be very, very good to watch. Now, we were talking before you came on about uh, the fifth test and the possibility that it's not going to be at the Wacker. Uh, Warney, who, who should be listened to on, especially on this occasion, is the MCG day night test. Uh, how does that sit with you? I, I, for me, that, I think that's a no-brainer. It's an absolute winner. Yeah, I'm with you as well. And I think that's probably they haven't decided yet. Sydney's in the mix as well to to host back-to-back test matches. So I think it's probably going to fall the MCG's way. And it'd be just a, it would make an amazing time in Melbourne. I was looking at the dates last night and. If it plays out that way, Jan 14 to 18, I think the days four and five might even overlap with the start of the Australian Open. So we would well and truly be the, um, you know, the, the capital of the sporting world once again. So that would be fantastic. And I think it will be a day-night one as well. Uh, I know the English Cricket Board, I think they're pretty keen to, to come back to Melbourne after Sydney to play under light. Um, you can certainly rule out Perth. It's, it's just zero chance of, mm. of being in the West. Um, and I don't think um, Hobart's a, a realistic chance either. So it's basically between Melbourne and Sydney, and I, and I reckon Melbourne's got their nose in front. And if it does fall that way, yeah, I think it will be the, the first pink ball test we've seen at the G. I mean, how good would that be? Oh, be awesome. I think Jimmy Anderson would be pretty happy about that too after his uh, mm. pink ball spell at Adelaide well, last time round, I think, was uh, spot on. So he'd be, yeah, I reckon he'd be putting his hand up for that one. Absolutely, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's only five days after the SCG one, so maybe if it did fall that way, they'd pull him out of the SCG and get him cherry ripe for that pink ball, as you say, because, yeah, it'd be pretty pretty scary to face when it's moving in the lights. You, uh, yeah, you'd feel for the Aussie batsman then, and I guess that's going to be the test for guys like Marcus Harris, who hasn't made a test century yet. He'd really want to, um, you know, raise the bat pretty early in the summer just to, you know, just, just for his own confidence levels. But, yeah, geez, that, that, that's... Uh, uh, yeah, it's not a not a nice thought, is it, facing Jimmy Anderson on the watch, is it? Is Cameron Green still thereabouts and ready? Do you think, or I mean, he hasn't had much cricket? No, he hasn't. But I mean, preparation for a lot of guys isn't ideal, is it, this summer? Um, oh, I think he's a certainty to to bat at number six next week. Um, again, still searching for that first Test wicket, but something we really read too much into that. They, they probably used him last year a little bit late. Maybe they should have given him you know, a spell when the ball was a little bit newer. They also used him last year just to, to bowl a little bit short and you know, mix it up at times. So I think if he if he pitches it up a little bit more this year, which I think he'll, he'll be encouraged to do, those, those test wickets will come and uh, he just looks awesome, doesn't he? I mean, he's just got superstar written all over him. He looks like he'll be a 15-year player for the Aussies and he's probably keeping Mitch Marsh out of the team at the minute. So Marsh obviously picked to, uh, to play in that Australia A game next week. He flew home to Perth yesterday to see his family, but I think he'll be back on the plane on Tuesday to play the Aussie game. And, yeah, that certainly indicates that, that Cameron Green's the man at number six. In terms of the uh, Big Bash as well, Sam, we're looking forward to <laughs> the Big Bash starting on Sunday. It is our stars kicking it off against the Sixers. Renegades over on Tuesday as well. Um, I know you're keen on some of the young guns that are coming through. Who should we be looking out for across both teams? Oh, 
from the stars and the Renegades. Yeah, well, the Renegades are flush with young talent. I think they quite far there. They're the youngest team on paper. I think it's going to be a really tough start to the season for them. I mean, um, Aaron Finch still has a knee injury. Marcus Harris is obviously in the test side. Nick Maddinson will be with the Aussie guys. And Sean Marsh has done a calf. So their batting's going to be really thin early, but that probably gives an opportunity to guys like you know, Mackenzie Harvey, Sam Harper, they'll probably open the batting. You've got Jake Fraser-McGurk, who, you know, might have to play up, you know, a little bit higher up the order. And then, um, yeah, it's going to be a really, really young lineup. They've got James Puttinson back. I know they signed him last year, but he, he didn't play a game because he was with the test squad and in, inside that, that COVID-safe bubble. So um, I think for the Renegades, there's certainly a lot of young, young talent. And, I mean, well, the Stars are probably a little bit on the reverse. They've got all their World Cup heroes. I mean, they've got Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis, and Adam Zampa. Um, they've signed, I think, Joe Barr from England. I think he'll open the batting with Stoin. Um, Mike keep wickets as well. Um, so, it's, yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of on other sides of the coin. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's probably going to be another long season for the Renegades, particularly with those absentees early. And all the stars, they missed finals last year, which is a really disappointing result, given they you know, they had those World Cup guys for the full season. So I think the pressure's on them a little bit, obviously still searching for their first title in year 11, which is pretty remarkable, given you know some of the names mm. that have rolled through that franchise. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? And speaking of Maxwell, has he calmed down and has, he, has, he, has his feet touched the earth since uh, the World Cup win, Sam? <clears throat> He has, and more importantly, he's got a haircut, which I think everyone that watched the World Cup probably was hoping for pretty quick. I think he did that as soon as he touched down in Melbourne. So no more man bumps from Maxi, which is, um, yeah, I'd say uh, a pretty good result, for, uh, particularly when he's got the ball in his hand. But, um, you know, you how good it's going to be to watch him on Sunday night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's just box office, isn't he? Oh, he's, he's amazing. But did you advise him on getting the trim, or was that uh, his own doing? Just lost you there, sorry. What yeah. was that one? One more time. <laughs> Did you advise him to get the haircut, or was that uh, his doing? Uh, it wasn't my advice. Well, I haven't actually got a haircut myself this year, so I, I'm probably similar, looking similar to how he looked in the World Cup. So I'm no one to be giving out hair advice at the minute. <laughs> I might have to uh, ask him for um, for a tip on where he went to the barber because I'm certainly overdue. <laughs> Uh, let it go, mate. I've been uh, on the same boat, but just, <laughs> just wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Hat on, hat, you know. <laughs> no no hat, no play, isn't that what they That's say? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining us tonight, mate. It's been a great to get your insights into um, some of the news in the world of cricket. Um, absolutely fascinating. Hopefully we get you on again throughout the Ashes series. Uh, but, yeah, nah, really appreciate yeah, really. Uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, lines a bit dodgy, but really look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me on, guys.